stops. <laughs> if it if it's uh, you know if it's joyful, what does it do? So can you see there's an instant response? Does it have to work out what to do? No. Does it even analyze what it's doing? No. So this is where you will get in the end, into that same state, where you're not analyzing a single thing you're doing, you're not looking at what you're doing all the time, rather you're just feeling, feeling upon feeling upon feeling, emotion upon emotion upon emotion. And because you've released all of the ones that were error-based, you will get into a state where you now no longer have any error within you and so all of the emotions you experience are all going to be joyful and blissful. Until that point in time, how many of our emotions are going to be joyful? Not that many of them, right? And that's the challenge that we face, right? Because how many of us really badly want to experience our negative emotions? Not many of us, but the point of our soul is that we need to get to a point where we want to experience all of our emotions, whether they are painful or pleasurable. So that means actually at some point having a desire, a passionate desire within myself to experience all of my emotions. That means a passionate desire even to experience my own pain. That's where we'll need to be in the end. But how many of us have that passionate desire, really, to experience our own pain? Right? It, it takes a lot to get into that state, doesn't it? So the whole point of this discussion today, which, is, which I'm going to call the denial of the soul, is to help you identify what's going on within this, within you, your soul, your emotions, your passions and your desires, that cause you to shut down you, that cause you to disconnect from yourself and look really sincerely at this because it's this area of your life that is going to inhibit your own progression towards God the most. The areas where you're choosing to deny the truth to yourself. Alright? So that's the point of this discussion. Now you've noticed in the outline that I've given you, I've broken down the headings. Is what is soul denial, indications we're in denial, then how we deny, and how to get out of denial. Right? And what I'd like you to do is, if you can be involved in this discussion quite a lot, and I'll go through it quite rapidly, but we'll, if you can be involved in the discussion, so even if it means looking at different things and commenting about it, be involved, so that way you don't go to sleep, because just after a break like we've just had, we have a tendency to do that particularly if I get boring as I'm going. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so what does it mean to deny yourself? First thing that it means is to deny your own... Emotion. Emotion. Every single time you put off an emotion, you, every single time you put off an emotional experience to later, you have just denied your own soul. And in fact, you have just treated yourself unlovingly. So, you know, you'll be uh, driving, driving in the car, some song comes on the radio, triggers an emotion, you start crying, someone looks at you from the stoplights across, sees you crying, you feel embarrassed, you stop. Right at that moment, you've just denied your soul. 
What would we have done if we didn't deny our soul? Just kept crying. Maybe pull over first. Well, we can pull over you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That might be helpful. <laughs> All right. What's, the, what's another thing that we deny with we, when we're denying our soul? The true passions. Our soul. passions, yeah. So, so, like, how many of you enjoy art? Really enjoy it, okay? How many of you do it yourself? Why is that? Why is there a big difference between the two answers? Because some people are not living in their passion. Right? How many of you enjoy music? How many of you play it yourself? Right? Less than half. Why is that? Same thing, you're denying your passions. Can you see that? Now you can come up with all the excuses you want under the sun. Like, oh, I haven't got the time or, you know, is the biggest probably excuse, or my life's too busy, you know, I can't afford it, whatever else you're coming up with. But in the end, you're just denying yourself. You're denying yourself. Right? Does that make sense? Okay, what else? Desires. Our desires. So every time you don't allow yourself to acknowledge a desire that you have within you, whether it's error-based desire or truth-based, whether it's a, a loving desire or harmful, you are shutting down your soul. So let's say today you had a desire to kill somebody. right? If you shut down that and don't allow yourself to experience that desire, I don't mean go and kill them, I mean to actually experience that desire that you had, you are shutting down your soul. You are locking yourself up. Right. Let's say today you had a desire to help somebody and didn't. The same thing applies. You just shut down your soul. That, that desire happens to be more in harmony with love, but you still shut down your soul either way. So to actually live out of denial of the soul with our desires, we need to at least acknowledge them and feel them. We don't have to act upon them. We only need to... With the ones that are, the ones that are harmful to us, Obviously, if we act upon them, we're going to be harmed even further, right? But we still need to recognize that they're there. And the ones that are not there, the ones that are not harmful, why aren't you acting upon them? What would cause you to not act? Yep. Well, the truth is the pain is already within you. And this, the point of it is to experience it. Yeah. So, so how many of you want to experience the times when, you, when you've actually felt like harming another person? Mm -hmm. Most of us don't want to do that, do we? Mm -hmm. But you're going to need to, to become at one with God. You're going to need to experience that emotionally. But don't we already experience it when we have the desire? Like, <clears throat> I'd love to slap a whole lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk more about what's going... No. no. What, when you have the desire... The desires usually always have an underlying cause. Now, if the desire is, an, is a desire to harm somebody, like slap them, then it will usually come from an underlying causal yeah, emotion. Yeah, I want them to listen. So, so you haven't experienced that emotion? Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So you haven't experienced the frustration, the anger that you feel, and then underneath the sadness you feel about not being heard. Yeah. When you connect to that emotion and release that, ironically, at that point, the law of attraction will change. 
and all of a sudden there'll be people who listen to you and even the ones who don't, you won't worry about anymore and you won't feel like slapping them anymore. Good. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. perfect sense. So, so we still need to experience the desire, but understand we're getting, everything is based, remember I began this discussion with everything being based on causes. You know, so in the case you just mentioned, you want to slap somebody because they're not hearing you, the cause is you feel unheard within yourself and you don't want to feel that emotion. So you want people to hear you rather than feel unheard. Yeah, so the cause of it is what needs to be accessed in every case. You follow me with that? Yep. Far away. Um, AJ, the, the, I've had a, a, quite a, a full week of a lot of events that were quite overwhelming. Yep. And it came to a point where um, I was... A, quite exhausted from it yep. um, and I didn't want to keep going there so I chose to watch the TV and tune out. So you chose to shut down your emotions? I chose to shut down, I knew I was doing it yep. um, but I just felt like I just need a break so I was following a desire which is to watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just felt I just was too tired and... Yeah, the feeling was that the feeling you're avoiding is being overwhelmed. So when you, when you feel like you've had a whole week of processing emotion and then, damn me, the next day, another emotion. How do you feel? Had enough. You feel like shutting down, right? Well, that in itself is shutting down your soul and it's caused by an emotion within you. That is another emotion that needs to be processed. The only way to access that again is create another week where you're overwhelmed and get into it that time. But you see, every time you shut down an emotional experience, you're just in an, in, in creating a whole new set of events that needs to expose that emotion. Does that make sense to everyone? Yeah. So let's say, let's say the whole set of events has happened to make me get into a state of feeling overwhelmed. Obviously that feeling is in my soul, right? Why don't I just go with it? Why don't I just fall into the, you know, f fall on the ground and just be overwhelmed and just go into that emotion? The feeling I had was that um, um, being blocked from feeling the emotion, it was exhausting me not being able to get to them, even though I knew they were there, but I couldn't get to them. So it was like, oh, it was a frustration of it, you know? So what emotion do you need to feel? <coughs> frustration. Yeah. Frustration is really anger. So you know you're getting in a state where you can't connect to your emotion, you're feeling more and more frustrated. Get out the boxing gloves, go and buy a boxing bag, get out, buy some boxing gloves and really get into it. Like bash and swear and scream about how frustrated you are. Let yourself connect to that rage. Because that's a childhood rage and you need to get into that. Get into the frustration. The frustration caps a deeper emotion, but you're not going to feel the deeper emotion without the frustration coming first. So it's like a lot of your emotions are like a tear, if you like, where you know they, they were constructed one upon the other, upon the other, upon the other. To actually deconstruct them means to actually step down below, step down below, step down below. But you need to go through each state doing it. So when you feel frustrated, you need to express your frustration. 
right? The key is to not do it with everyone around you and make everyone around you frustrated with you. But the key is to go into the emotion yourself in a safe way, but really get into the emotion itself. Okay, then what's underneath the anger then? Oh, what? You don't need to know at this point. Just feel the anger. But I went through the frustration, went through the anger. No, you, did you go through the rage? Really connect with the anger? No, I didn't get that far. Okay, I'm saying when you do, you will find out what's underneath. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to know what's underneath. Now I can tell you what's underneath, but what good does that do? It doesn't help. All you need to do is experience that emotion right now. If you fully experience it, you will automatically connect with what's underneath. That follows for everyone? Mm -hmm. Automatically what's underneath will be exposed when you, when you expose the capping emotion, the one that's sho shoving everything down. Children. Yep. yep. So, is, do I need to experience that feeling blocked, or, or how do I deal with it? If you're if you're blocked, there's a lot of things that you can do to access your emotion. But understand, at some point, whether they're fragmented children or or just you as an adult or you a consciousness of your emotion, either way, at some point you're going to have to allow its experience. Of being blocked. Uh, just not only of being blocked but experience the frustration of being blocked, yeah. then go into the anger of being blocked, okay. then allow yourself to really connect with that anger, and then all of a sudden you'll find yourself unblocked, okay. yeah. and what's underneath will start flowing. Yeah. So, see, a lot of times we don't allow ourselves to experience frustration, we don't allow ourselves to experience anger, we don't allow ourselves to feel the blocking or capping emotions, and so what happens? Nothing underneath gets experienced either. We're saying, I know there's grief there, I know there's grief there, but I just can't get at it. And the reason why I can't get at it is because I'm trying to jump to the grief without experiencing the one that's capping it, the one that's covering it. Uh, can Sarika, instead of creating another week uh, to get to that emotion, can she go in her imagination or memory back to feeling overwhelmed, connect to it that way? Yeah. Save herself a week of... Another week of yeah. grief. But the truth is that she, that she created the feeling of being overwhelmed and then avoided the emotional expression of it. Now you have a reason why you avoided it. So let yourself look at the reasons. Let yourself feel the reason why you avoid it. The reason in this case was you were exhausted. So let yourself feel your exhaustion for a change. right? Rather than trying to tune out of it, going have a bath and watching telly or something like that to tune out of it. Let yourself just really feel exhausted. And have a big cry about that. And the next time a series of events happen that cause you to feel overwhelmed, you might be more willing to get into that overwhelmed state or the frustration state or the anger state that's capping. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. I get to emotional crisis mm -hmm. where I break right down and feel my child mm -hmm. and then it subsides but the emotion doesn't go away, it's there bubbling below the surface but I'm still talking rational. Does that prolong it? Yep. When I'm in the emotional crisis, what do I do to stay in that? Because I just pull, pull myself to a wanting to feel normal again. You pull yourself to wanting to feel normal again because of the fears that you have about being in that state, in that childlike state. So allow yourself to just understand firstly the, fear, the fears that you have in that state are not actually real. 
They're just fears of the child that the child felt at the time. So, so the truth is that you can go deeper and deeper into the state and stay in the state for as long as you want, and that's the worst it's going to get. You believe it's going to get worse. You believe it's going to get so bad that it's going to be exactly the same as the abuse that occurred. Right? And it's not. So there's a lot of internal beliefs going on. Let yourself, allow yourself to see what your fear is about staying in that state longer. <coughs> Does that make sense? I hear you. <laughs> I do hear you. And I know when I hear you, it takes some time and then... Well, let that one gel with you. How's that? Yep. What else uh, do we do for denying? Emotion, passions, desires? Intention? Yeah. Let's, let me uh, say a few other things we deny. Other than that. Oh, not that one. <laughs> love. A lot of times we deny love. We're actually so afraid of it that we deny it, we push it away. When we deny love, we're also denying our soul. We're denying our soul a positive experience. Right? So a lot of times when we're deny, denying our soul, we push away love out of our lives. We do the same with another quality of God, and that is truth. Often when we're denying our soul, we're denying the truth. Right? So when somebody presents us the truth, right? through the law of attraction, somebody just comes up and says something to us, and what do we do? We straight away, oh, no, that's not me. I'm over that now. Or, you know, lots of other things that we go say. But the law of attraction has just told us this thing. Right? We're just denying the truth that it's still within us. The law of attraction is already showing it to us, so we're just denying the truth that it's in us. Right? We do that a lot too, right? Can you give an example of, of denying love? I don't quite. Um, get if that. I'm afraid of love, <clears throat> right, then I'm going to deny any positive experience of love in my life. So if I'm, af I'm afraid of uh, being vulnerable, I'll deny love, because love is a very we feel it to be a very vulnerable place where we've opened our heart. Yeah. So if I'm denying. If I if I if I'm vulnerable, feeling a vulnerability inside of myself, but I don't allow myself to experience that feeling, then I'm also denying love right at that point. Yeah. So there's a lot of things we do to deny love, lots of things. All right. Well, let's look at let's look at what I've written down of indications we're in denial, because you know most of the time you don't know you're in denial. We deny we're in denial. <laughs> yeah. So perhaps you'd like to mention a few of those that I've got in that list. Anyone? Physical pain. All right. If I'm experiencing physical pain in my body, pain, pain in my body, that is a big indicator that I'm denying my emotions. Right? Any physical pain whatsoever, any disease, any sickness, anything like that, it's an it's a indicator straight away I'm denying an emotion right now, whatever that emotion is. So who feels a bit tight here in the chest area or just in the throat area? Denial of some emotion. Tight in the chest area, like 
not being able to breathe. Tight in this area, not being able to breathe properly. A lot of people have that. Denial of fear, denial of emotion. Right? A lot of problems down in the bowel area, you know? Like, that seems to be a very popular thing nowadays, right? <laughs> and it is because it's caused by all sorts of feelings of unworthiness and all those kind of things. Denial of another emotion. Can you see it's all period pain, period pain for ladies. Denial of emotions. Once you stop denying your emotions about it, you won't experience the pain anymore. Do you have to find out what that it's linked to or just be aware that you're... Well, if you don't deny the pain and you allow yourself to fully experience the pain, very shortly thereafter, generally, you'll go into the emotion. Okay. And so the emotion will automatically pop up. You don't have to find it in your mind. All you need to do is experience it and it will automatically flow. Yeah. I just sort of, I just sort of sat there and tried to feel like it's a long time and it's something you get used to after a while. Yeah, headaches are a big indicator that you're denying lots of sadness and grief. As are uh, sinus issues and sinus problems. So it's not just necessarily an allergy? There are so, no such thing as allergies. Now, that's coming from a guy who has spent most of his life taking allergy medication. <laughs> so I've been there, right? Wow. So, but there's no such thing as allergies. All your allergies disappear when you face the emotions that create them. No, 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 don't, don't even need to go what it's about, even, almost. All you need to do is feel like... Any pain, just remember, any pain, I am denying something. I am wanting to shut down something. Right? And my body is expressing it in pain. So when I've got a headache, I am, all I need to be aware of is I'm denying it. I am denying an emotion. I am choosing to deny an emotion. And I'm allowed to. <laughs> and you find that after that, you might find the emotion starts coming up. You're allowed to deny your emotion. Totally. You have free will, right? So do you go to the headache pain and that's where it shows up what you're denying? Or if you just allow the experience and just say this headache, this headache is caused because I'm choosing to shut down another emotion. And so I'm choosing this headache. Right? So I'm choosing the headache and I'm allowed to choose the headache. Do I want to choose the headache anymore? Who's sick and tired of choosing the headaches? <laughs> so start dealing with what's underneath your emotion. You know what I mean? Choose, choose differently. Yeah. Physical pain, big indicator that you're in, that you're in a, a denial state of an emotion. And don't criticise yourself for it. You're allowed to be in a denial state. Aren't you? you? Have free will. You're allowed to be there. This is just to make you, help you become aware. I've got physical pain. I'm in a denial state. I'm allowed to be in a denial state. AJ, I go to God and ask God to help release, expose whatever I am doing to myself. Yeah, but if you're Is in physical okay? pain, you don't want to be exposed. I wasn't specifically talking about physical pain. Yeah. I was talking about emotion in general and yeah. really asking, Is that. 
<laughs> Why are you asking me whether it's okay? And that feels right for me. So then do it. <laughs> Does it work? So what are you asking me for then? <laughs> Can you see what I'm saying? Why ask me when you're doing something already and it works? And it helps connect you with causal emotions. You don't need to, you don't need to trust me, you need to trust you. Yeah. So if you have an injury and, and it costs physical pain, it's still because you haven't dealt with... Any injury that you have is because of an emotion you didn't deal with that created the injury. If it's causing you physical pain, it's the same thing, exactly the same. This applies to everything you can imagine that ha can happen to you. It's exactly the same. You are in denial of an emotion, and you're allowed to be. Right? You're allowed to deny your emotion. But do you want to? Well, probably if I am denying it and I'm in pain, yes, I do want to. So admit it. I want to deny my emotion. I'm sick of having to deal with emotions. I hate this emotional processing. <laughs> it's shocking. It pisses me off totally, right? <laughs> allow yourself to get there. Like, allow yourself to feel even that, if that's what you're feeling. Yeah? Mm -hmm. All right, what's next? Emotional pain. Emotional pain. All right, so if you're having some kind of pain, you see emotional pain. It, this often happens in love relationships, right? Where you feel some pain because somebody's broken up with you or whatever. And, you know, you go through pain. You're in emotional pain because you're denying something. You're denying some emotional truth. Right. So allow yourself to see the emotional truth you're denying. Whatever that is. Yeah. These are all just indicators that you're in denial. So we need to know when we're in denial before we can admit to ourselves we're in denial. Right. What's next? Addictions. Addictions, yeah. Getting ahead of myself. Addictions. So who's addicted to a coffee in the morning? Yeah? Emotional denial in the morning, straight away, as soon as you get up. <laughs> right? Who's addicted to a drink at night? Alcoholic drink preferably at night? Yeah? Emotional denial. It's nice and relaxed, helps you get to bed, but it's an emotional denial. Who's addicted to food? Emotional denial, it's happening there. Right. Who's addicted to keeping themselves as busy as possible? Right. Well, have a look at your life. How many of you feel you're too busy? All right. If you feel you're too busy, you're addicted to it. So put your hand up. <laughs> right. So you're in emotional denial. Does that make sense? Right. You're in denial of... And this becomes your addiction. Your addictions show you a lot of your own denial. Sure you can, yeah. What happens when you're exercising, you get into this nice high sort of a state afterwards, don't you? It feels real good. But yeah, you can get addicted to exercise completely. If you're addicted to anything, you're in a denial of the soul, and any denial of the soul is going to stop you being at one with God. <laughs> driven to do something the best thing to do is just to stop being like stop it and see what emotion comes up so if I'm driven to have a drink at night driven for a coffee driven for some food driven for whatever it is then sometimes you can bring up the emotion quite rapidly by just stopping the addiction yep what other things 
Addiction to nice, calm and peaceful life. Yeah. yeah. So we can even have things like things that we think are good things like addiction to meditation, addiction to just to help us calm down and relax and get out of our emotional turmoil. Right? But the problem is that when we do that we are denying the soul. So let yourself access your soul, not deny it. Yeah, if you're saying you need it, you need to ask yourself why aren't you already creating it? So that the fact that I need it and I'm not doing it is caused by... This is one of the situations with my partner who, you know, needed to be painted when we had to go against the There was a lot of time for it. He would do it, but it was kind of like it became something that the rest of the family felt like they had to pay for. Is that, like, is that along those lines or what's that... Well, there's obviously emotional injuries there, isn't there? No, I'm, I'm, well, the, the, firstly, the family feeling like they're paying for his desire is emotional injuries in the family rather than in him. And him feeling like he needed it and needed to get to it and wasn't already doing it means that he had feelings of guilt about the family's projections as well. So there's emotions there too. The whole system of things there is all not based upon true emotions but rather through emotional injuries. So even our passions can be finish up being our addictions. Mm. Yeah. Can you have a drink just because you like to? Can you have a <laughs> <laughs> Does it have to be an addiction? Honest, honest answer? Is alcohol poison or what? Yeah. Okay, why would you choose to ingest poison? You must be in some kind of denial. Is that now, I'm not possible? saying you're allowed, I'm saying you're allowed to be in denial. <laughs> Didn't I just say that too? So you can have as many drinks as you want. You can get totally sloshed if that's what you want. Right? But understand, you're in denial doing it. <laughs> so that would go for junk food too? So, same applies, yeah. I just remembered, I was going to say, you can drink wine, but you actually said last night at the last night, but you didn't. No, I didn't. Yes. <laughs> and I stopped eating meat when I was 15. In the first <laughs> or addictions to health food? You can have addictions to health food, yeah. Why would you be addicted to a health food? Because you're so focused on your diet that you're not satisfying your emotional reasons that causes your physical problems. So a lot of people become addicted to looking for physical solutions to their physical problems. Rather than seeing that everything is emotional. Does that make sense to everyone? So see that everything is emotional. When you don't see everything's emotional, addictions automatically happen in your life and a lot of times you'll be totally unaware of them. Yeah. But addictions tell you when you are in denial of the soul. Right? So be honest about them. I'm in denial of the soul. What did we call the what did we call coffee the other day when we were up at some something poisoned, wasn't it? Or drug oh drug, that's right. We're gonna have that drug this morning. Yes, drug <laughs> yeah. See see these things as dr as drugs that you're using to deny or shut down yourself. And I'm not just talking about physical things, I'm talking about even actions you do. Busy, keeping yourself busy, keeping yourself focused, keeping yourself, you know, doing a job that you hate and all those kind of things. They're just methods for you to shut down your denial, your, your own soul. You're denying your own soul's complete expression. Doesn't it dampen you down, dampen your expression down, dampen your freedom, 
That's what it does totally, yeah. Creates an enslaved life when we do this. Our denial enslaves us. In the end. Yeah. What's next in the list that I said? Okay. I really badly want a loving relationship in my life, but I'm single and I hate it. What have I just said? That you want to be single. Yeah, my law of attraction is? I'm single. So that's my law of attraction. So what do I really want? I really want to be single at the soul level. So my telling myself that I really want a partner is a? Denial. Denial. It's a lie. The law of attraction is already telling me. Right? How many of you want really nice, easy to manage children? <laughs> How many of you have got really nice, easy to manage children? Right? Well, if you haven't got what you want, then you didn't want that. Right? So it's the law of attraction. You need these children triggering you emotionally. You need them to be doing what they're doing to help you access some of your emotions that you're in denial about. So do you think our soul knows that? God's laws automatically operate on the soul whether the soul knows it or not. You follow me? The law of attraction operates on the true condition of your own soul whether you're aware of your own soul's condition or not. So if there's an emotion inside of me, let's say, of feeling out of control and I've got two children and they're always out of control. What is, what's happening is I'm denying the expression of my own emotion of feeling out of control and my two children are reflecting the emotion that I'm denying in myself straight back at me because the law of attraction works perfectly. God created perfect laws. They never fail. So the law of attraction is operating perfectly to expose that emotion within me right at that moment. And I can choose to experience that emotion or I can choose to deny it. But the law, when I deny my law of attraction, I am denying my soul. So if I've got a physical illness at the moment that seems incurable, right? I'm denying my law of attraction. Right? I'm also denying my own physical pain. And I'm also probably denying my emotional pain. So I'm in a lot of denial that's created that particular thing. Does that make sense to everyone? See these things for what they are. And you're allowed to be in denial. Enjoy your denial if you want. Does it compound? Of course. <laughs> when you deny, it just gets worse and so it gets you worse. you recognise it and then deny it and it gets bigger. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the choice you make. God's laws always work, you see. If, you're, if you go into denial about something you know you're in denial about, the penalty is even more than if you didn't know. But so, either way... So if you know that something's not good for your soul, yeah. but you do it anyway because you feel a sense of obligation yeah. to earn money in that really crappy job that you go to every day, yeah. so you're aware of it, but you do it anyway, the penalty... Is even, even greater on your soul. You will feel more guilt about treating yourself unlovingly under those circumstances than if you had done it unknowingly. Does that make sense? So there's no penalty as such, there's just a consequence. There's a, yeah, all penalties are just consequences. The consequence of denying your own soul consciously is more painful than the consequence of denying your own soul unconsciously. Yeah. And that's a natural law, in fact. 
But if she goes to work because underneath that is fear that she won't have enough, yeah. then that's an opportunity for her to, to get feel to that, that emotion. Fear. That's right. <clears throat> yep, totally. How did that feel? Why would you even bring it up today if you didn't feel guilty about it? <laughs> I felt like I missed the opportunity. Exactly. But what I was going to ask you was that if I watched TV and didn't know that I was denying... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but that isn't the truth. You did know. But, but if I didn't... But what, what, what's this if thing? <laughs> then, then I was going to ask would it be the penalty would be less for... Well, well, you wouldn't feel it as much, certainly. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Your emotion. If sick. Yeah. And so what's asthma? Asthma is your denial of your own grief, if it's in a child. Well, it depends on what, you know, there's literally hundreds of things that you could be crying about. I'm speaking of you specifically. Yeah. And if you deny that grief, your children will experience that denial, of, that denial process of the grief, which is the asthma. They're not allowed, when you deny your own grief, you're denying them being able to experience their own sadness. And when they do that, they just get into an asthmatic state almost straight away. When they're adults, yep. does it become their emotion then? Yeah. Or does it, become, it becomes the parents plus theirs? Is that yeah, that's right. right. Every, every denial that they've had of their own grief now through their life, which is the subsequent result of the parents denying their own grief, but then that caused them to be in a state where they had to shut down their own grief throughout their life. So now the asthma is a result of their own grief being shut down as well. Right. right within their life, yeah. And it literally, it's the parent's emotion until they are 20 or something like that. Until they're forever. It's always. But like, no matter how old your child is, yeah. if you've shut down your own emotion when they were little, how much of their emotion is really yours? All of it. A lot of it, eh? Mm -hmm. Not the stuff they chose to do, but the stuff you chose mm -hmm. to do when they were little. Mm -hmm. That stays with them for good until they release it now. Mm -hmm. And so if you'll find if you're a parent, if you release that emotion, even if you're even if you're eighty and your son's sixty, right, he will have an emotional experience as a result. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Because but we can release it effects on us so I don't have to be burdened by my dad never releasing his emotion no you can release it for yourself but I'm saying there's a really positive effect when the parent chooses to release their emotion on the so, child so if we release our emotions now for my father that's passed will that affect him in a positive way no that question's already been asked and it doesn't affect the person as positively except because you've forgiven them the process of forgiveness which is actually releasing the emotion that causes the link um, has a positive effect on them if they choose to allow it to have that positive effect. But it's very much dependent upon their choice. Yes, totally. Um, do learning difficulties with children affect all of this? Yes. Every, I keep saying this, I mean, I'll say it again. Are they by <laughs> yes, yes. Every single thing. <laughs> every single thing. Did you not get every yeah. single thing? <laughs> yeah, every single thing. Now, like there's a, there was a couple I visited in Tasmania recently who had an autistic child. 
that is the creation of the different emotions. And the beauty of the autistic child was that she was, she was exposing minute by minute by minute what the parents were denying. Every minute. So the entire time I was there, it was basically a discussion about, see what she just did then? What are you denying? See what she just did then? What are you denying? See what, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it was related to the interaction between what was going on to which parent at the time as well. So when she was reacting to her mother a certain way, then the mother was denying a certain emotion at that moment. And when she was reacting to her father a certain way, her father at that moment was denying the emotion. Well, how many emotions does a person deny? Yeah, so obviously you're not going to heal that kind of a situation straight away. But there is a positive thing that occurs. And that, with regard to this child, what happened was, as soon as the parent owned their emotion, in other words, as soon as they got out of denial, and they only even had to do it intellectually, she automatically stopped reflecting it. So automatically her behaviour just changed like that. So, so we were having a discussion. During the discussion, I could feel the parents' emotions coming up. I'd ident she would start reflecting their emotion. I'd reflect it back at them that it was them. What was the emotion? As soon as they connected, she would quiet down again. And then she'd flare up again because in the discussion another emotion was coming up for the parent. And she'd get all rowdy again, so I'd reflect it back at the parent. She would quieten down again. And then we had a period where about half an hour the parents were both owning their emotions completely. So they were crying when they needed to cry. They were, you know, just feeling what they were feeling. That entire time she was quiet, quiet, just happy to do her own thing. Yeah. Like they get progressively easier, kind of? Certainly, because usually with the first child, most parents have a lot more emotions about how to deal with them, not knowing what to do. So that's just absorbing all that stuff from their parents at that time? Exactly. And not knowing what to do with it themselves? Well, no, it's still the parents denying those emotions. Yeah, and like uh, there was another lady, I think I've told this story before though, um, of uh, in, the, in England who... She denied an emotion related to her father. She was telling me a story. <coughs> denied an emotion related to her father. The instant she did that, her eight-year-old daughter just burst out sobbing at the, at the breakfast table and stayed sobbing until the lady owned her emotion. As soon as she owned her emotion, she started crying, and the instant she started crying, her daughter stopped crying and went back and ate like nothing had happened, actually. Corny? <laughs> Yeah. Yep. No, it starts improving straight away. Yep. And they'll get to some major emotions where it may even cure them. But once they get to a point of abundance, obviously the child would be cured at that point. Right? Oh, way to go. No, it ain't. <laughs> you just believe it's a long way to go. Deal with that emotion. Hey? No, I would like give us a break. Like I've, <laughs> I've, I've got two thousand years of stuff. <laughs> I told you would be a bit more confronting for that. No, no. Mum having cancer has something to do with what she's denying within herself. Yeah. Yeah. 
Who cares? You would just want to blame your husband. <laughs> well, you do, don't you? You don't want it to be you. Yeah, you do. Well, otherwise, you wouldn't ask that question. <laughs> like, like, this is what we often do, right? We say, "All right, my husband's not doing anything, right?" <laughs> so it's all his fault. <laughs> but that's not true, right? It's not true. Even that is a projection of emotion that your child's going to feel and respond to. Right? The key is just own what you can own. Own what you can own within yourself, right? Do that. Own it. Don't worry about what the other person is doing. You can't control that. You haven't got any control over their life. You haven't got any control over what they are willing to experience. All you've got control over is you. If you let go of some of your emotions, it will certainly trigger everyone around you. Which means, like, if you let go of that emotion you have towards men of being responsible, they are responsible for all the badness in the world, right? If you let go of that emotion, your husband will start feeling a different feeling from you. And if your husband starts feeling a different feeling, then there might be a higher likelihood of him actually dealing with his emotion. That makes sense? So you take complete responsibility inside. My 24-year-old son has my anger. Yep. And he exploded the other day. Yep. And he started to get angrier and angrier. And I was able to say to him, it's not not your anger, it's my anger, and I pulled it back from him yeah. and owned the anger yeah. and saw the difference in him. Oh, awesome, yeah. It's so powerful. And he's 24, yeah. and like, I didn't know that that was possible. I hear you, yeah. I believe what you're saying, but he exploded and I had this realisation that it was my projected anger yeah. that he's been feeling all of these years. That's right. And I said, I pulled it back from him yeah. and said, Nicholas, it's not your fault. It wasn't my fault either, yeah. but I pulled it back. Yeah, awesome. And he saw and the change in him. Yeah. It's very powerful when you own your own emotion. Very powerful. So she's breaking a, a, a transgenerational link by doing that. So straight away. As soon as that ownership of that emotion has broken that link, that then empowers the child to actually feel it and, and release it, but also means that it empowers you too, because you now know that that anger is within you towards males, and you can actually work through that and then get into the grief and sadness and release that. He, he went to his child Yeah, exactly. And he's like 24, and I, I saw him go child, yeah. the child that he was, yeah. Because I know him really well. Yeah. 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 And that's wonderful, Jane. <laughs> it is wonderful, it isn't it? Started to, to express himself. Yeah. Yeah. Simply because I could say it was my anger. Yeah. So powerful. It is so powerful. It's awesome. So she's helped her ancestors too. Um. Less so ancestors, more so children and future generation, because the ancestors obviously are not dealing with their emotion, oh. and and in Jen's case, they're in the spirit world, but still not, still not okay. dealing with them. Depends and if they're open. Yeah, and but but as Jen goes through different feelings of maybe forgiveness, they might be assisted at some point. Yeah. 
Right, what's next? Everyone understand, the law of attraction tells you when you're in denial. No problems with that? Okay, let's go. What's next? Numb to our emotions. Numb. I'm numb. Can't feel anything. Who feels that sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Can't feel that. Well, you're in denial. What are you denying? You want to be numb. You want to be numb. I'm allowed to be numb. So you can say to yourself, I want to be numb. That's why I'm numb. I want to be numb. I don't want to feel. Who wants to feel? It's yucky, isn't it? What AJ's suggesting is just painful, <laughs> terrible process. Nobody really wants to begin it. That's why there's so much. That's why I'm such a good cult leader. There's nobody who wants to begin it. <laughs> What's next? Excuse me, AJ. Yeah. If, um, if we weren't denying any of this, yeah. would we be crying all day? Possibly. Um, but, but you will find what happens is that you'll cry for a period of the day but then a joyful experience will happen and you'll laugh and then another experience will happen and you'll, you'll feel love and then another experience will happen and you'll feel horny and there's another experience. <laughs> <laughs> These experiences will keep on going during the day, right? If you don't deny any of them. You follow me? So, but if you, if you shut down one of them then the rest of the experiences stop as well. So, so the key is to just be open. If you're fully open, you'll have periods where you're crying, but you'll also have periods where you're laughing. You'll have periods where you're you know, really detuned from yourself, but you'll have periods where you feel really connected with yourself. Do you know what I mean? Everything will just flow. Right? Now, when everything flows, so a lot of the flow initially is going to be painful emotions because why? You've just bottled them up for so long. So let them flow too. But you will go through da a day where you have 50 different feelings. Where you'll be absolutely morose when you wake up, you know, and maybe ecstatic halfway through the day, maybe horny halfway, you know, in the evening, and maybe, you know, shut down again at night and wanting to have a drink because it's all too much for you. Right? And that's where you'll be. Like, you'll be in that state where you're just feeling all the emotions just flow. Right? Oh, that's an interesting uh, statement that you made. Um, because that's one of the denials, actually, that we have, is that we think we can get addicted to our negative emotion. The only emotion that you can get addicted to is, is your effect emotion, not your causal emotion. So when I say addicted, what I mean is that you can become addicted to getting your effect emotion sort, sorted out or, or salved by others. So, for instance, if a person's in a needy state regarding, they've got to tell you their story all the time. If a person needs to tell you their story all the time, they're staying in their effect emotion and they're not going to the cause. Does that make sense? But, but be careful about telling yourself that, that you know, that any of these things, because what's happening often in the time is we use that then as an excuse. Oh, I could do that, so I won't do that, so I won't feel any emotion then. So don't don't allow you know don't allow yourself to tell yourself stories about what's going on emotionally inside of you. Mm. What's next in the list? Uh, capping emotions. Capping emotions. Is it? Uh, Is it yeah, next? Feeling in the list? capping emotions. Yeah. yeah. So let's, when I say if we're feeling capping emotions, what is a capping emotion? Anger. Anger is one. Fear. Fear. Jealousy, envy, resentment, right? A lot of those are capping emotions. Do you understand what I mean by capping emotions? They're suppressing the causal emotion. 
So why do we get into a capping emotion? Because it feels powerful in that emotion. And why do we do that? Because we don't want to feel powerless about the causal emotion. Right? So if you find you're getting into anger all the time, or you're getting into resentment all the time, then you're in denial. You're allowed to be in denial. You're allowed to get as angry as you want. You're allowed to be irate with every single person around you. But of course, there is a result, a consequence to those actions on your own soul as well. So are the causal emotions the ones that make you feel helpless and numb? Not necessarily, but the causal emotion, if I'm feeling anger, then if it's not childhood anger, then it's probably not a causal emotion. I'm saying, I'm saying get into the anger. I'm saying don't turn it off. Get into it. Get out the pots and bag and the gloves or whatever and really get into it. But understand that while you're getting into it and not going deeper, you're still in denial. You're choosing denial. You follow me? You're choosing it. Angers, all these, other, all these capping emotions are choices to not get into the underlying emotion. How do you tell the difference between a capping emotion or, or an effect emotion and a causal emotion? Um, most capping emotions are very adult-like in their manifestation. Causal emotions are all childlike in their manifestation. Does, that, does everyone see the difference? Yeah. Like a causal emotion is going to be a locked-up emotion throughout our life experience, usually relating to our childhood. So therefore it's going to be childlike in its manifestation. It's going to be childlike in its experience. If we're in an adult rage or an adult anger or an adult resentment or adult jealousy or any of those things, then we're denying a childhood emotion. Okay. Right? Experience the jealousy, or experience the rage, experience the anger, but understand I've got to find something deeper than this in the end. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. Where do effect emotions fit into that? Does capping, capping emotions are all effects in I the end. Effect. Yeah, they're all effect emotions. I am angry all the time. Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> so am I lately. <laughs> and, um, I, I am accused mm -hmm. of being very childish in the expression in that I, I never did this as a child, but I slam doors and I swear a lot. I've started swearing in the last year or two, yeah. and I've really loved it, but now I don't want to do it anymore, yeah. so much, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you explain a bit more about expressing in a childlike way? Do you mean like an uncontrolled, passionate way, or do you mean, I don't understand it. Yeah, um, put yourself in a safe environment and express it in a, as, as you, just, a, just be a child in its expression but do it in an environment where you're not harming others. That's all you need to do. Okay, so we don't really need to even understand what's a childlike way or not. Just, just put yourself so in So really just let it come in a way that's not damaging. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, just let it come. When you let it come fully and go into it fully, yeah. what is underneath will soon become known to you. Yeah, yeah. I know what if, it is. If you don't, if you, and if you already know what it is, the anger is there because you're denying the expression of the underlying emotion. Okay. So what's the cause of your anger? It's grief. Okay, so you don't want to cry. So understand <laughs> that you don't want to cry. And you're allowed to not want to cry, but every time you do that, you're, not, you're going to get angry. Sorry. Yep. So you need to just allow yourself to cry. 
if you cried all the time about the causal emotion, you wouldn't be getting as angry. Oh, I don't know if I'm crying about the causal emotion. <laughs> You're crying about a lot of the effects that have been created. Yeah. But the causal is related to your childhood, remember? So it's going to be a childhood emotion that you're going to be feeling and let yourself go there. Okay. And you know what it's about in your childhood. Do you mean my mother dying? <laughs> and a few other events too. But isn't that big enough? Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah. I don't know what the other events are. But let yourself even just feel the one you know. I have, yeah. I feel like I've done that my entire life. Um, if you're re-experiencing the emotion, then you're not getting at the cause. So if you're re-experiencing over and over and over again, you're not getting at the cause. The cause is, when that's happening, there's a truth you're not facing. Okay. We'll talk about some of our other denials down, down a bit, and one of them will be a denial of, our truth, of truth. So the truth is, like, you know, there's an emotion underneath that emotion of your mum dying. So you've cried about your mum dying, but, but what did your mum dying mean to you? I was alone. Okay. Have you cried about that emotion? I don't know. See, a lot of times what we're doing is we're crying because we want our mum back to not be alone. So we're crying to not be alone, when in, what we need to do is actually feel alone and cry. Yeah, I get it. Right. So can you see how there's layers yeah. <laughs> getting down? Yep. My pleasure. In, in my case, if I'm around anyone who's angry, whatever happens to me, I still haven't seen the underlying cause. It's right. like, and you don't I want get to. scared, and so I, that's where. So then I avoid being around them. Yeah, don't do and that because if you avoid and then being, I blame them. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a cycle. cycle I see yeah. the cycle. Yeah. I see underneath. I'm really scared and helpless. So go there. Because that's where you're avoiding going. And then I wish it could be different. And, and go there it's never too. Gonna be different. Go there too. There's three emotions you just mentioned that you need to feel. <laughs> I keep doing that. It's never going to be different, right? A lot of those emotions are all childhood emotions. You need to express some rage in that. There's some rage in there about that. Some anger in there about these feelings that you're never going to get what you want in your life. So let yourself feel that. The rage isn't there, it's more the helplessness. No, I'm saying it is there. Oh, okay. not, it wasn't a question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the rage is there okay. inside of you. If you really let yourself connect to it, really get upset about how you know you feel like everything's so, like you're not getting what you want, really get upset about it, you'll connect with the deeper emotions quite rapidly and let yourself experience them. How many of you ladies like to experience rage? like to like not to. many women generally like to why is that it's not a feminine thing to do is it that's what it feels like you certainly can release some emotions but remember that every time you have an emotion when you're a child and you lock it up it's going to need to be experienced as the child would have experienced it. So do you think the child will go and paint to do its release? No. So you see, a lot of times we can use these tools, right? They can help us open our soul to the prospect of dealing with our emotions, certainly, but they're not going to let it release 
until we're willing to go into that childlike state of release. Yeah. yeah. What do you, you're encouraged to be as a child, but what do you do if you're in an adult situation? Like the same thing, be a child. In a sexual situation. The same thing, be a love. child. How do you come back to the middle if you... You don't, you don't have to come back to the middle. See, see let, let's say I've experienced sexual abuse as a child and then I'm having sex with a partner and all of a sudden I'm in this childlike sexual abuse state, right? What do I need to do? Be a child. Just be the child right there and then. Respond as you... Like responded right there and then. Doesn't matter what your partner thinks about that. Immaterial. <laughs> like that's his law of attraction. <laughs> I'm serious, right? Go into that experience as the This is a law of attraction event that's occurred to bring up this emotion, to experience the emotion. You follow me? Don't try to get your back in self back into equilibrium. Let yourself fully experience it, grieve it, cry. But I feel like I didn't have a childhood. I feel like I didn't have sexual appropriateness. No, you didn't, but, but there is a lot of grief about that. And that's why you Seriously. go into a child during, during those events, right? So let yourself fully go there. Don't avoid it. Don't worry about what your partner feels. And if, and if it's an understanding partner or she's an understanding partner, what will happen is they will allow you to just experience that, right? Mm. And they'll understand that you're now in a child emotion. I can see you're in a child emotion. Go for it. Right? And they will automatically stop making love to you or anything and they will step back and let you do what needs to be done. Yeah? So, just any situation, just go into it. Doesn't matter how appropriate you think it is. What matters is you getting access to the emotion that's just been triggered by your law of attraction. Yeah. Be brave. Go for it. So the law of attraction is saying that whatever the situation is, it's going to be great for everybody. If you deal with it then and there, yeah. right at that moment, if you deal with it appropriately in truth then and there, it'll be great for every single person involved in that law of attraction then and there. Yep. It's a perfect situation. And you could deal with it at a different time, but it's not going to be as perfect as that particular situation that's just created. Does everyone follow that? Yeah. It's really important to understand that, because when you understand that, you, are, you feel free to be yourself at any given moment, knowing that everyone around you is going to get triggered, just as you are being, if you stay in your truth. Everyone around you will deal with different emotions in the same manner you are dealing with it. It's a very powerful thing to understand that. Very powerful. Hey, Jake, can I just say one thing about this? In that, when I see Jen being her child and releasing the emotions from her child, yep. um, that's when I, my heart really opens up to her. Exactly. Because she's in her emotional truth then. Mm. When a person's in their emotional truth, that's when you can be the closest to them that you could possibly be. It's exactly my experience. Yeah, spot on. It's really important to understand that. AJ, I don't understand what uh, Grant just said about it's an opportunity because the person that I know who's quite angry triggers me, then I go into my stuff. I can't see how it's an opportunity because if, if I went into my rage, then now you've got two. <laughs> but so he's angry because he's angry. in denial this is and you're in rage because you're in denial. Because remember, the rage, an adult type rage is a capping emotion. 
right? So, oh, so I thought you said there was rage underneath and I haven't even touched true, it. True, but you can choose to touch that outside of this trigger. Okay. What you need to do in this trigger, that the example that you've just given, and I'm relating to that example okay. only, Sorry. Is, that, is that you need to allow yourself to get underneath that emotion and go into that childlike state of powerlessness that you feel and also address that issue in truth. So a lot of times you're not standing up for yourself, right? And well, you, if I do, then I'm called a victim. No, you stand up for yourself in anger, but you don't stand up for yourself in terms of just being firm. Okay. Right? And this is one of the lessons that you'll need to learn in the interaction. When you learn that and step away from whoever's doing it, what happens is that they will automatically start seeing what they're actually doing. Right? Can we move on to the next one? Because there's a lot of them. What's the next one? Feeling emotions not harmonious with showing love. Okay. Feel, feeling, uh, so I call them disharmonious. Harmonious. Uh, unloving emotions. This is where it needs to be, you really need to be honest with yourself, right? A lot of times. So I've, I've said, feel disharmonious, unloving emotions. And so if I'm feeling disharmonious, unloving emotions, I'm in denial. Right? right at that point, I'm in denial. Now, um, I still need to feel them. I need to feel them because I need to be conscious of my own denial, right? But when I allow myself to feel them, I need to see that I'm being unloving in that particular case and there's something underneath. There's something underneath going on. But you see, most people are not honest about this. Like, there's, pe there's people in a discussion, for example, who will just take over the whole discussion. You've been in a group like that where yes. one person just, you know, you might be just trying to get together to, do, to help a certain group of people or whatever, and one person just snaffles the whole conversation and takes it off on the road. Are they being loving at that point? No. no. And, and how do you feel when they're doing that? Angry? You want to kill them? Yeah. Do you, are you loving at that point? No. Okay. So if I'm feeling an unloving emotion inside of myself, then obviously I'm denying something. So what am I denying in that particular instance? Not, I'm not being heard or I'm not being, you know, there could be lots of different emotions. I'm not being noticed. I'm not being heard. I'm not, and I'm denying those emotions. That's why I'm getting angry. So when I feel emotions that are unloving, Understand that that instant I'm in denial of something deeper, right then and there, that I need to experience. What's next? Being selective. Okay. <coughs> Being selective. Pleasurable stuff? No worries. <laughs> we can enjoy those, right? Well, for some people that's not true, though, is it? Some people can't even enjoy the pleasurable emotions, but and and I was one who couldn't enjoy any emotions. But anyway, um, but many of us are okay with the pleasurable stuff. In fact, we spend our whole life trying to create pleasurable emotions. But we don't understand one thing when we're selective, and that is the way our soul is built is just to have everything flow all the time. So if I'm just focusing on selective emotions, what am I doing? I'm now using my mind to work out which emotion was good for me, which emotion was not good for me, and as soon as I get into that state, what am I doing? I am now shutting down the whole system, because I'm now using my mind to control which emotions I experience. 
And it's a very popular way to avoid your soul. Right? Very popular way. Alright, what's next? Yeah, so what, what should we avoid truthfulness, shall we school that, shall we? So the man comes home from work, right? He know he's, he knows there's been five times today when he looked at a woman, and he felt a desire for her. He felt like, like, get her in the sack. Be quite nice, right? Now he's felt that five times. He comes home, right? He's married, right? And what does he say to himself? It's okay. Bet she's got a headache. <laughs> oh, I'm just a man. <laughs> well, he might he might not even tell his wife, right? Why? And that's a heap of crap. Right? He doesn't want to get in trouble. And that's more looks to the point. Right? But in the end the deepest emotion is he doesn't want to feel his own emotional shame about it. Do you see? We avoid being truthful because we're avoiding an emotion within ourselves that's quite deep. In every situation you haven't been truthful, and I'm talking about volunteering truth, not being forced into it. I mean volunteering it in your entire life to everyone around you. Right? As soon as you avoid that state, you are in denial of one of the emotions inside of you. He's right. in shame because he had the desire. Yep. But he's also in shame because... The desire means he isn't, hasn't created a really loving relationship with his wife because he had. He not necessarily. Have, no? No, it could be some really deep, like very <laughs> basic emotions with his mother that created this particular feeling, right? It could be that he's got this injury of unworthiness within him, a second chakra unworthiness. Right. He's walking along the street and these particular women have an opposite emotion that automatically attracted him. And, and it could be just that he needs to be open and honest about that and just feel that. Right? It doesn't mean that he's necessarily in an unloving relationship or that he's not loving his wife. It means that he's still got an unhealed emotional injury within himself right. that he needs to be willing to address and not be in denial of. Won't that affect his marriage though? Not at all. If no. she is also willing to deal with all of her emotions. Okay. If she isn't, of course it's going to affect his marriage. Okay. But does he want to be with a person who doesn't want to feel all of her emotions? Well, probably yes. Yeah, okay. okay, but we're talking about what becoming at one with God here. This is uh, this is all about denial of our own soul, not of somebody else's. So if he admits the shame, it'll all come out in the wash anyway. If he admits the shame, he goes through that emotion. She'll go. Her law of attraction is she's attracted to this, yeah. so she'll probably feel emotions of you know can't trust him, yeah. you know what's going on. I don't feel connected with him now, and all those. She, if she feels her own emotions. They will both have a much closer relationship because, in the end, it's based on truth. Right? When you're based on truth, everything opens up within you emotionally. You can have a much closer bond when you know your partner is going to tell you the truth every single time, no matter what. Isn't that like it? You know, and in the end, if you find the truth is that oh, they don't really want to be with you, then that's great too. Let's not put that off 10 years. Let's deal with that now and go and find somebody who does want to be with you. Right? If he deals with that feeling at the time, he feels that attraction and can deal with that, then he's not going to feel shame later necessarily. 
Probably not, if he, if he accesses the underlying cause, yeah. but, but he's in a relationship, why wouldn't he tell his wife? Yeah. I know, I'm not suggesting everyone. Yeah, but a lot of people suggest that, they, that you don't have to. Yeah. And I'm saying, if you want more closeness, and what we're talking about here in the end is, if you want to be at one with God, these are the things you will be doing all the time. Right? And on a level, your partner will know anyway. Of course they know. They can feel every emotional injury within you, whether they're aware of that feeling or not. So you, you automatically know if your partner has five feelings of infidelity in a day. Like, why do you think you're so jealous all the time? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because you feel that feeling coming from them all the time, and it's triggering a feeling inside of yourself that needs to be released. It's your law of attraction. Yeah? All right. So avoiding truthfulness is a big one. Most people find that that is so hard because we've been taught what about the truth? It hurts. The truth hurts. I'm responsible for other people hurting if I tell them the truth. You know what? You're only responsible from God's perspective for another person hurting if you told them a lie or withheld the truth. That's the only time you're responsible when it comes to God's laws. When you've withheld the truth or told a lie. When you've told them the truth and they're hurting, you are no longer responsible for their emotion. You have done everything in your power at that point to remain in harmony with God and with the laws of love, so you are no longer responsible for any of their emotions that occur. So if somebody's told you something that they're actually avoiding, like if it was yourself, you would tell the truth, but they've someone told you something that they're not truthful about, and if it was yourself, like myself, I feel bad about not being truthful. So do you, are you obliged to go and tell that truth, or do you... Yeah, to, for, for your own sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's big, isn't it? Yeah. It's big. It's yeah. And this is a big area of... One way you can avoid almost all of your emotions in your life is to avoid truth. Once you have a deep heartfelt commitment to truth in your life, you'll find that you will hardly avoid any single emotion. Yeah. AJ, um, I had a situation just recently where I did say what I thought was truthful and the repercussions were huge. Yep. And I um, was then sitting there through all the, the blast of anger and everything and I was accused of being cold and indifferent because I wasn't reacting. Yep. And then I thought, um, I thought, oh, I'm not feeling the emotion uh, because I felt good that this was happening uh, yeah. because I could see that they were feeling the emotions. And then I thought, I'm not feeling anything. What's wrong with me? Yeah. And, um, if, and if you're not feeling anything, it's because you've gone into a state of fear about their reaction. And you've avoided that emotion. Because I should feel something about them being in such pain. You, yeah, you will feel something. You'll either feel compassion if you've released all of yours, or you'll feel fear, or fear of them punishing, or fear of them hurting you. There might be lots of different feelings you have when you've told the truth and then you get a reflection of anger back. Remember, the reflection of anger back is your law of attraction. So it's triggering another emotion within you right at that moment. Right? Can you see how when you stay the truth, stay in the truth, just bang, 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 your life's just going to go like... <laughs> and that's why you feel overwhelmed and feel that too. You know, feel these things that you feel. Yeah. Can I move on to the next one? Yeah. You tell, 
We tell ourselves we are happy. We tell ourselves we're happy. <laughs> All good, mate. <laughs> Can you see how that's a powerful tool of denial? Because if I'm telling myself I'm happy all the time, I'm telling myself everything's fine all the time, what am I doing? I'm creating this fictitious world where I don't have to actually deal with the causal emotion within me. Yeah? And it's a very powerful tool. Many people on the, on the uh, natural love path with New Age movement have learnt to do that very well. Tell themselves they're happy all the time. Yeah, and that is one of the biggest denials that this man is in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a huge denial. Very powerful denial. All right, what's another one? We are self-righteous. Yeah, do you know what I mean by being self-righteous? Right? I'm right in this situation. Like, and sure, my law of attraction is this person's yelling at me, but it's not my fault. Right? But the truth is, the law of attraction is bringing you it, so it has to be something in your soul that needs to be released in this situation. Doesn't it? So we've got to stop telling ourselves things about ourselves that are not true. And when we're self-righteous, and this is another thing that the New Age movement does a lot, tells themselves, oh, I'm over that now. Like, how often have you heard that? But I'm over that now. Just the whole fact that we're having a conversation about it means you're not over it. Can you see that? Like, yeah. if, I, if, if all of a sudden somebody comes up to you and starts talking about some childhood abuse event, right, and then they say they're over it, what can you pretty much guarantee? They're definitely not over it. Why would they even be speaking about it if they're over it? Unless it's to do with teaching something or helping somebody else. So if you don't remember the event, an event, does that then mean you're over it or are you so in denial that... If you don't remember the event, you're in very big denial. Because in the end you will remember every event in your life, but there will not be an emotional signature to the event because you've released all the emotions. So you get into a state when you're at one with God where you will remember everything from the moment of your conception onwards. Right? And you won't have any negative emotion about it. It'll just be, oh yeah, no, but this happened to me when I was and this happened to me when I was five, and this happened to me when I was seven, and you know, and you'll use it in teaching others and helping others connect to their emotions, but you will not feel any negative emotions about it yourself anymore. Yeah. What's next? Our heart is hardened to how we hurt others. Yes, hard-hearted. If we're hard-hearted, that's a big thing, actually. Right. So, so if you're there eating a piece of meat, for example, for dinner, and you're not crying at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Your heart has become hearted. Hearted. <laughs> to that particular injury. Does that make sense? Right? Because if, if you really understood everything that was going on, 
you would feel the pain of that animal, you would feel the pain that you created because you're eating the meat from it, right? And you would not be able to do it again. See, when, it, when we become hardened to something in the world around us, we are no longer in a state where we're open emotionally and we are now in denial. Right? What if our beliefs are such that it's okay? Of course, yeah, you can tell yourself that's what a hard heart does. Tells itself okay. that your beliefs are okay. But we're talking about here God's beliefs. What are God's feelings? If you want to be at one with God, you're going to have to get to know God's feelings, not yours. You're going to have to know yours too, of course. But don't you kill tomatoes and vegetables even? I mean, See, that's another great justification for being hard-hearted. I'm asking, okay, I'll ask it as a question. Go on, if, ask aren't it we question. killing everything that we're consuming? Yeah, but you look at how things are created. We've had this discussion before. Some things, are, some things when you eat them die. Other things when you eat them propagate. Do they not? Yep. Right? So the things, like, if, if there's things that multiply and propagate and you're eating them, then obviously that's more harmonious with love than things that are dying when you eat them. Maybe you need to explain that. I don't know. You, did you get that about... Well, it's like tomato? a sheep. If you, if you slaughter a sheep, it's now dead, right? Yeah. You can't bring it back to life, can you? Right? But if you, uh, if you eat a tomato, there's seeds in the tomato and you can just get all those seeds out, plant them, and away you go. And you've got more tomatoes. So one creates life. In fact, the tomato has to actually have its flesh removed to get at those seeds to create life. The other one doesn't create life, it just kills life. So which one's harmonious with love? A lot of people are very resistive to this meat discussion. Uh, <laughs> <Woo. yeah. laughs> so what's wrong with dairy product in milk? Jesus. There's nothing wrong with the product itself. It's what's wrong is what man does to create that product. Yeah. You look at the actions that man takes to give you milk. We were talking about it the other day to a farmer, and he said, he said, in th within three days he slaughters all of the calves. Oh right? He just slaughters them and buries them. Wow. Right? Because it's too hard to sell them, and it's too hard to take them to the slaughter. So he just slaughters them and, and munches them up because he wants the mother milk. He wants the mother's milk. Yeah. Right? So if that wasn't happening, then sure, having milk would be fine. So if you've got a dairy cow and you milk it yourself with love... Yeah. No There's no problem with that. Isn't there supposed to be enough milk? I mean, I don't know. I'm asking. Is there supposed to be enough milk? I thought. Enough milk. For baby and... There's plenty of milk for yeah, both, yeah, yeah. but what, why do they kill the calves? So that they maximise the yield of the mother, so that they get more profit. So is that loving? Well, if you're drinking milk, you're enabling that process to continue, unless you're drinking milk from somebody who's not doing that. Yeah. How can you guarantee that? The only way to guarantee that is to go to a farmer and ask them whether they do that. Yeah. And like, so can you see what's going on? Yeah. Besides the fact that your body isn't meant to eat it after a certain period of time anyway, let's face it, the body doesn't even digest it, but that's a separate discussion in itself, right? The truth is that if you look at love, you'll know what to do, right? Like, how many of you have some Kentucky Fried Chicken? Go onto a website that talks at how they get their chickens. You won't want to eat another chicken again, I guarantee you. But you know what we've done? We've become hard-hearted and therefore we deny what's really going on.
how many of you care about what's happening in the Middle East, really? Really, like, really, right? Well, many of you would be not telling the truth, yeah. You, t you care about it in an external sort of way, many of us, but you're not, we're not looking at what's creating it, in many cases, and addressing our own conduct in what's creating it. Okay? So look at that. Look, look, don't be hard-hearted about what's going on. But this is like being in hell. What's like being in hell? <laughs> when, you, when you really get committed and yeah. you start to feel about the cows yeah. and the calves yeah. and the Middle East. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your examples, don't laugh at me. Yeah. Your examples. Spot on. I'll give you other examples. Chicken. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what How do you feel? How people treat each other. What yeah. do you feel? Sad. So yes, feel it. Grief. Feel it. Deep, yeah. grief. Deep, deep grief. So feel that. And Connect sadness. To that. And pain and death. And resolve inside of yourself that you'd never want to create any of that anymore, yourself. Like, how many of you ladies, diamond ring on a finger? Have you looked at that? Have you looked at what you're creating? Go and watch Blood Diamond the movie. Yeah, go and watch Blood Diamond the movie. And see what you're creating. Like, diamond rings, diamond earrings, diamond jewelry. See what you're creating. Now, sure, in a different world it will be created a different way. But let's look at the world we're in now and see what we're creating and stop being hard-hearted about it all. Because when you harden your heart, you're denying your soul. When you deny your soul, you'll never be at one with God. Mm -hmm. AJ, even though it's the norm of our society to eat meat and you know, we're so overexposed to violence and laws and stuff like that, yeah. is that just not taking Yeah, it's the norm is just an excuse, let's face it. Like, I know, how many people are in a one condition did I say on the earth at the moment? I wonder why. <laughs> because it's not the norm, is it? So we're going to have to learn to live out of the norm for a while at least, if we want to be in that condition. Yeah? Uh, AJ, how, with, this, with respect to this one, our heart is heartened by how we hurt others by treating them unlovingly. Um, how do you handle it when people accuse you of being hard-hearted when you know that yourself that you're being loving to them? Remember that all of this hard-heartedness is not about your own definition of what's hard or somebody else's definition. It's God's definition of what's hard that matters. So is telling the truth from God's definition a hard-hearted thing to do? No. no. But how many of you feel that when you tell the truth, you're hurting someone. Quite a few, right? So we obviously have an incorrect belief when it comes to that particular belief. So what I'm asking myself constantly is, what does God think about what this is going on here, not what does the person think, or what does the person expressing at me? So if the person's projecting anger at me because I've just told them the truth, right? I know that my intention was honourable, my intention was based on love, my intention was to help them get into a state of more truth, which is going to bring them closer to God. So their response is not, you know, their response actually doesn't matter as long as I've been in that state myself. And how do, it, when we find ourselves in that situation, how can we be sure, like we're not you, how can we be sure that we're not genuinely being 
hard-hearted and we're fooling ourselves and we're in denial in some way or other about our hard-heartedness? By staying in contact with your own emotion. Are you feeling completely connected with your own emotion? Are you feeling God's love flowing through you at that particular moment? Are you feeling you know, connected with the person itself? Do you have compassion for the person even when they're angry with you? Right? Because if you do, then you are staying connected and you are in love. Right? But if you're not and you're getting angry back and you're getting upset and all those kind of then you're not in love anymore. So deal with that. That's another denial of the soul. Yeah. Toss lockers and is alright in the house. Yeah. Well let's talk about an ideal world for a start. In an ideal world a cow still dies. I'm just being Right. But in an ideal world, a cow still dies. So in the end, you could use the, that hide for, and also the meat or, and other things for whatever you wished, right? If it died a natural death. But we know in most cases that's not what's happening. So nowadays, what I do is avoid those things. Now, I do have some leather jackets from when I didn't respect that. And I'm not going to throw them away because that would also be disrespectful of that. So... So what I'm doing is changing what I'm doing from now onwards. Right? Just that's change. All do, that's all we can do. Yeah. That's all we can do. And he also knows your intention and your feelings. He knows your desire. Yeah, you, you won't be able to decide it all today and be there tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And you do need to feel it. So a lot of you, like with the discussion about meat, keep eating meat if that's what you feel. I'm not telling you to stop, am I? You are, really. No, I'm not. No, no, no. You're making us feel <laughs> Making me feel guilty? I don't make you feel anything. What are you talking about? You just feel guilty. You just feel guilty. Go with it. <laughs> you need to feel guilty if you're going to change it. Right. <laughs> exactly. See, the problem is a lot of times you're saying, oh, you're making me feel guilty. No, you're feeling guilty because your soul inside knows that eating meat is actually not good for you. It's not good for the environment. It's not good for the world. It's not good for the piece of meat you just ate, it's not good for the animal, right? You know this, right? If you're in a state of love, you know it. You're just trying to be hard-hearted about it and get away from it. Because why? Because you're just addicted to this taste, right? Or you're addicted to something else that's going on emotionally. You're addicted to the feeling of being full with meat and nothing else gives you that feeling except the meat, right? Deal with the addictions. Face the truth, you know? Yep. Yeah, that's a great excuse. And I just well, I'm yeah. wondering like, do you really believe that you can get all the nutrients that you need through alternatives? To totally. Yeah, totally. The reason why we're not is because of an air. An, an, an emotional an emotional problem. problem. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. An emotional problem. <laughs> Couldn't get that one out. It's the answer for everything. It's true. Like 
like if we're not getting sustenance from what God created us to have sustenance from, then we're obviously having an emotional issue with it. So deal with the emotional issue. You'll find that everything will change. Like I went through a really pe a bad period myself where I was, I was eating just vegan meal, dropping, dropping heaps and heaps of weight and, and not having good digestion at all. Right? So I started supplementing with vitamin B and all that kind of stuff to help my digestion. In the end, it was all just caused by this heap of feeling of unworthiness affecting my bowel that caused me to not get the nutrients out of the food. Once I dealt with that feeling, I started putting on weight. And you know what happens now? If I'm not dealing with a certain feeling, I lose weight. If I start <laughs> in, I put on weight again. And it just cycles like that now. So I know when I'm losing muscle mass now that it's to do with an emotional injury within myself. It's got nothing to do with whether the food's providing it even. In fact, you'll get to a point in your own progression where you won't even need food if you don't want to. Yeah. Mm. AJ, what do you do if you've got a situation that if you do tell the truth, it perpetuates the sin, it perpetuates like adultery. Telling the truth can never perpetuate the sin. But there's a wife involved. Doesn't matter. She needs a, to know the truth. Husband he and needs to know the truth. Children so need to know the truth. you've got to go to them and confront it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And children? And children? Yes. They already know the truth emotionally anyway. It's already happening emotionally. Remember, remember what I said up here. You avoid truthfulness. You're just avoiding lots of emotion. Where? Within yourself. Not the other, you're not protecting the other person. You're being selfish and you're protecting yourself. That's what you're doing. Right? And the reason why we avoid truthfulness is because we're protecting a, our own emotion within ourselves that we do not want to experience at that moment. With truthfulness, I was taught you use I statements and you just talk about yourself. But are you saying that you could actually... Uh, how, what does a child person? do? Does a child say, oh, I've got to use I statements uh, here, <laughs> so... <laughs> What does a child do? Like, just says what's there and just blurts it out, right? Be a child. Be, just be a child. The child, children do start, use I statements. They say, I feel angry, I feel scared, I feel yeah, unloved. But sometimes they don't. But just, just go through, just be the child. Own the emotion though. Own the emotion. Don't be hard-hearted with the emotion. What's the one underneath? That's it? That's enough, isn't it? There's quite a few other things I could be saying. But can you see, these are the things we do in order to stay, you know, these, are, these things that I've just listed are all things that we do to stay out of the emotion. So they're the things that we're doing denying our soul. If you notice yourself in any of them, start observing. See, oh, yeah, I did that again, denying another thing. You know? Oh well, I'm allowed to. So do we not have to worry about how to couch the truthfulness in such a way that it's not blaming? Or Definitely not. One thing about couching truth, you know what I mean by couching truth? Modifying the truth and making it feel really palatable to the person who's receiving it. The problem with that is the truth is just the most beautiful as it is in its raw form. And we don't appreciate that. The truth in its raw form is the most beautiful thing you will experience. 
So you could say you're being a bitch, and that's the truth? <laughs> if that's the truth of what you're feeling, but that's a projection. So it's not the truth of what you're so feeling, actually. So that's why I'm wanting to know what you mean by... Right, so go into your room, write down, she's being a bitch, she's being a bitch, she's being a bitch. What's underneath this? She's being a bitch, right? And allow yourself to feel what's underneath. What is underneath? Why was she a bitch? Why was she a bitch? Why was she a bitch? Because I'm feeling bitchy. Right. She didn't do that. Why do I feel she was a bitch? Why do I feel Alana I feel was a bitch? Because right. you didn't do what I wanted you to do. There, well, no, there has to be something in... Like, if you're being angry with me, and I'm feeling your anger, and I want to get angry back, there's a feeling that I'm denying within myself. Mm -hmm. Right? That's what I need to connect with, right? Mm -hmm. But to connect with that, you're angry with me. How am I feeling about that? I'm feeling angry. I want to get angry back. Why do I want to get angry back? Obviously, there's a deeper emotion, isn't there? Mm. Right? So go into a private space, kick the hell out of a punching bag or whatever, and say, get angry with that, you know, just really connect with that anger and allow yourself to do, go deeper into the underlying emotion. How long? <laughs> How long? Five minutes of how long? <laughs> as long how as long as it is. How long's that? It's as long as it is. How long is this? It's as long everything is as long as it's going to be. So if you're with your emotions, it's just as long as it is. Stay in it until you just keep connecting. Stay there. Stay there. This is a lovely opportunity for you to stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Oh, there's nothing there anymore. Right? But if you stay there and then get out, then how many other times are you going to get, get, need to get back in? Another five times. And you're going to need to stay there and get out every time. And still it won't be experienced, right? What have you done? You've had to create six events now, instead of one, to access that emotion. Why do that? All I'm doing when I'm doing that is just delaying my own happiness. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. So stop delaying your own happiness. Start wanting to be happy. And the only way to do that is by staying in the emotion as long as the emotion takes to release. So if it takes three days, it's three days. And you're out of action three days. But I've got to work. What about my kids? What about what's going on? Justifications. They're all justifications for me to shut down my emotions. Why haven't I already created a space where I can cry for three days? Because I don't love my soul enough yet to create a space where I can cry for three days. That's the only answer, really. Right? And that's okay. I'm allowed to not love my soul. I'm allowed to not love my soul. Can I? Mm. Yeah? Free will. Yeah, I've got free will. I'm allowed to not love me. Gail's question involved truthfulness and responsibility. You see, I could understand being truthful to myself about myself, but to say something to another person, I don't know. But you have it, a fear. That is my perception. Of but but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you just say the truth right at that moment about how you're feeling, you know, you so can it's always about me. How about how you're feeling? If you can say the truth about how you're feeling, then it will soon be exposed what's underneath for you. I thought we were supposed to be telling the other person 
about themselves. That's why I was confused. No, no, no. I'm saying to say the truth about you. Okay, that's right? why I meant. So, so like, like, yes, today I, I wanted to cheat on you five times. So if I came home as a husband and we were married, and I said I wanted to cheat on you five times today, how would you feel? I don't know, I'd ask, did you, <laughs> before I knew how I'd feel. Well, the thing is, you need to, if you were connecting with your emotions, and I was connecting with mine, we'd soon get to the bottom of why I felt that, wouldn't we? Yeah. But if you go into oh, judgment, if you go yeah. into judgment and anger, how, mu how much more difficult it is for me to, go, to, be to express okay. my truth, right? And the truth is, I might not have been from the soul level really attracted to that person today five times. It might be just an injury that caused all these attractions. But I'm never going to face it until I can say the truth about it. Okay, I understand. That. So yes, if you find a person certainly nasty to deal with, you need to go to that person and say to them, "I'm finding you really nasty, and this is how I feel when I'm finding you nasty. Like when you're angry with me, I'm feeling like da, 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 da. away you go. If you want to do that, do that. But she still has to go back and then feel how she feels about that in herself. Of course, oh, yeah, yeah, it's all within yourself. But I'm saying you will, you will get to the point where you will tell the truth 100% of the time in every interaction. Yeah. And won't that be freeing? Mm, cool. That's total freedom. <coughs> yeah. Jake and I just shared that I was in a communication skills class many years ago and this was what we were told to do. And the whole class disintegrated. Because people just couldn't deal with it, they couldn't handle it. Exactly. And a lot of your questions about this issue are about your uncertainty about the power of truth. So deal with that emotion too. Right? Many of you don't believe in truth. Many of you have been taught many lies about truth. You've been taught that it hurts you, that it's going to destroy your life, or destroy other people's lives. And These are all the parent projections that have been placed upon you. Let yourself feel them. God's truth is beautiful. The truth is the truth will set you free. That's the truth. right? But it means you being 100% committed to that, to you feeling that all the time, being in that truthful state. But what's the time, by the way? Uh, five o'clock. Five o'clock. Okay. Well, I better get cruising through the rest of this. Over the page. How do we deny the soul? Okay. We choose to use external tools or internal tools. External tools. Help me with some. Shopping. Shopping. Computers. TV, videos, alcohol, alcohol, work, drugs, chocolate, drugs, work. Now, if we notice with a lot of them, there's nothing in particular wrong with some of them. Like when you say wrong, like socially acceptable. But you know what we do? We go down the track. Yeah, drugs. No, if someone's doing drugs, man, that's a bad thing, right? <laughs> but you know, if I'm using shopping to deny my soul, that's just as bad as using drugs to deny my soul, isn't it? Both cases, I'm not being loving to myself, right? So, so is one really bad, worse than the other? 
And this is why often I've found, and I've mentioned this before, that people who are doing drugs or, or, or some other thing, oftentimes once they connect emotionally, they progress a lot faster because they don't have all of these internal justifications of how bad it was or good it was. Right. They just know it was shocking. They just know it was shocking and they need to stop mm. doing it okay. right across the board. The truth is that when you're using a video to get deny your soul, that's just as shocking than it is to have drugs to deny your soul. Right? Because in both cases, you're going to harm yourself. So the thing with external tools is we can sort of rub them out, can't we? Out of our lives and then tell ourselves that we're over it and then just replace it with another one. Right? And because this one is a socially acceptable form of denial, we're okay now. We tell ourselves, yeah, we've got things together now. I was doing drugs before, but now I've got myself together. Right? Have I got myself together about the denial? No. Right? This is why, you know, a lot of people give up smoking and what do they do? Put on 20 kilograms or 10 pounds or whatever. Why? They've substituted one form of denial with the other. Yeah. Okay. So they are external tools. Look at yourself honestly. A lot of times we don't look at ourselves honestly with that. We, you know, we, we watch ourselves doing things, but we're not honest. Now the internal tools are even more insidious, if I can call them that. Like, minimise. We minimise. Min, 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 minimise. Minimise. Uh, I had a conversation with someone during the break, and uh, I pointed out to her three times where she minimised her denial, and she just skipped over every one of them. Didn't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she owns up to that now. You didn't own up when I pointed it out, either. <laughs> we justify. So, that's what all of you were doing with that meat discussion earlier. <laughs> the majority of you. We're justifying. You were trying to justify why you want to keep doing it. Why you want to hold on to a hard heart. You're justifying it. And it's okay, you're allowed to as long as you want, but you're not going to be at one with God that way, that's all. Do you really want to be at one with God or not? So. Certainly. Why do you think there's so many bowel issues and problems nowadays in the world and why do you think there's so many physical problems in these lower two chakra areas, for example? Of course we suffer. Yes. All suffering is the result of us breaking laws of love. So it's not got to do with that we're not actually meant to ingest meat? It's like, not, are we made as humans to eat meat or not? No, no, we're not made to eat meat. Even animals are not made to eat meat. Many of them are carrion. Like when, a, when an animal has died, they clean up other animals. But, but for our, us ourselves, we can eat anything we want. But the truth is, what is the most loving thing to do? Right? What's the most, where is the love in it? Right? And it's the love in it that determines whether it is in harmony with God or not, in the end. Doesn't it? Yeah. So we can justify all we like, 
but all we're doing is we're justifying ourselves staying in our same state that we currently are. That's all we're doing. Do you want to keep doing that? Well, you're allowed to. <laughs> if you want to, you're allowed to. Right? Do you want to keep doing that? Keep doing it if you want to. But you're going to pay penalties for that inside of yourself. Every time you break laws of love, there is internal harm that you're generating. And you will feel the pain of that at some point in the future, whether it's now or after you pass. And most of us are already experiencing the pain of that right in this instant. So even the guilt you feel when I talk about meat, that is the pain you feel. Do you follow me? Yeah, that's the pain you're feeling. Allow yourself to feel it, like it's okay. It's just a feeling. Feel it and work on what's underneath it. Why do you feel so attached to this meat? Let yourself go there and let yourself feel that emotion. And when you release that emotion, you find you won't want to eat that again. Yeah. You see on one of the DVDs that animals don't have souls. No. And it was a question I was going to ask yesterday about that, but... Um, I've been conveniently told myself, well, it doesn't really matter. Yep. So, what drives, it's a different question, I suppose, what drives animals? If, like, I, I think of the soul as being the thing that... What um, drives an animal is your soul. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because oh, sometimes they seem like they're human. Yeah, they are completely reflecting the emotional condition of the closest owners, or in the case of wild animals, the entire human collective condition. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so what drives the animal is your soul. Your, your animal is responding to your soul constantly. Right? So the soul is the power that sort of moves the physical body in the human. The soul so is the power that, that is behind the spirit body as well. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking 3D in the meat context now. Right. So the human flesh keeps moving because you've got the soul. Yes, and moving. keeps growing and keeps changing and keeps the genetic structure is maintained and all the organs are maintained, all via the soul. So it's all via the human souls that the flesh of the animals can move. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, in the future, how many of you have had an animal die and you've been really, really sad about that? In the future, the animal will live as long as you do. The only reason why an animal doesn't live as long as you do if it's your pet is because you have emotions in you that it's reflecting about death. You follow me? Mm -hmm. yeah. But if an animal doesn't have a soul then, doesn't it have any pain when it gets killed then? Uh, the physical body and the spirit body still experience pain. Yeah. That, that's immaterial. They are, they are organisms just like any other organism that experiences pain. But, the, but they don't... It's the soul condition that, that of a human that the animal is constantly responding to. So, for example, how many of you have got an animal that's been really badly hurt when it was little and it's never forgotten that hurt? Yeah, quite a few, quite a few times that seems to happen. The reason why is it's still connected to its, own, to its original owner's pain. Right? And it will not release it unless that original owner releases it. When you say project love, if I'm not already being love, then I'm not projecting love. If I was in a state of at one moment with God, I wouldn't be eaten by a shark, no. Hey Joe, I've got an amazing example of what you were just saying. Can I stop this discussion though? Okay. Because I want to connect to <laughs> some more things here. 
And and we've only got another what quarter of an hour or so. So I want to keep going if I can. Is that alright? Yeah. Okay, so internal tools of denial. What other ones are there? Intellectualized. Intellectualized. Big thing we do. Inside of ourselves we go, oh but and then away we go. And we do this all the time. You know, with this discussion about me, we've been doing it. Just intellectualising it, not feeling it. See, if you were feeling it, you wouldn't even have the arguments. Can you see that? Like, how many of you would get an animal right in front of you, get your dog, your pet dog, slit its throat? Right? How many of you could even bear to do that? Right? Now, I've only had, in all the audiences I've said that to, there's only been one fellow who put his hand up. Whoa. Right? And because he eats dogs. Right? Right? And, but he was more honest than all of you. You know that? All of you who are eating meat, he was more honest than. You know why? But if, I mean, if you have, he's more honest than that. Why is that? He's experiencing because, emotions. Because he was willing to do his own dirty work and not make somebody else do it. Do you think there's more penalties getting someone else to do your own dirty work? Of course there is. Do you follow me? Yeah. So he was actually willing to do his own dirty work, so he was being more honest. Right? The fact that we get other people to do this work for us is just hardening our own heart to the whole process. So let yourself feel about that. Just let yourself feel. Stop intellectualizing it all away from yourself. What else? Being in the future. Yeah, let, let's mention another one that I want to mention. Shift the blame. We do this a lot, right? That person's angry. It's all their problem. That's just shifted the blame. Because the law of attraction is stating that it's my problem. Like there's emotion within me that's triggered all of this, right? So we often shift the blame. Oh, but, you know, we say, oh, but it's all your fault. It's all mum's fault. It's all dad's fault. It's all, you know, whatever it is that's going on is always somebody else's fault. We've shifted the blame. How many of you ha had an accident and written down on the thing that you were only 25% in the wrong? <laughs> or not even in the wrong at all, you felt? How many of you felt like you weren't in the wrong when you had that accident? But from the soul perspective, who attracted the accident? I did. <laughs> right? It would have happened to another person if I didn't attract it. Or maybe not happened at all if I didn't attract it. So, who's in the wrong? I have got an emotion inside of myself that I'm in denial about. And this particular event is happening to trigger that emotion that I can then choose to experience or not. Right? So after a while you start seeing, in fact, that everything going on around you is to do with your own law of attraction. Everything. And when you take that responsibility, when you feel that, it's really powerful. But we deny that often by shifting the blame onto others. Okay, so let's get to the last section. How to get out of the night. Well, the answer is quite simple, really. Do the opposite of what you do to get into denial. Right? 
simple but hard to do perhaps. But the first thing is breathe. Why breathe? Because when you breathe, you're allowing emotion to flow. That's the whole reason why we're in denial is because we don't want our emotion to flow. So when we're breathing into our diaphragm and we're filling up our body with air, we're allowing our emotion to begin flowing. So that's great. What's next? Pray. Well, even before then, there was a, actually to set your intention. Huh? Intention comes from the heart too, by the way. So, so look at your intention. If I get angry, I intend to get angry. I'm intending to get angry to get away from an emotion. And I want to get away from that emotion. Tell yourself the truth. This is what your intention is. I want to get away from my emotion, so I'll use anything in my power to do it. I'll use drugs, drink, whatever, or I'll use all these nice things that everybody judges as nice to get away from my emotion. I'll do whatever I can to get away from it. Yep, I'm just avoiding my emotion. You know, then go down the track of asking yourself, do you want to keep doing that? And set your intention, your feelings, to be different. Do you want to keep doing that? No, well, I don't want to keep experiencing the pain of avoiding my own emotion all the time. So set your intention differently. So can when you... you Always emotional. It yeah. can't be done intellectually. So if you're numb, yeah. which you might have problems, um, it's going to be hard to set the intention. Yes, very difficult. So firstly address the emotions that you're trying to shut down by being numb. No. Does that make sense? Let yourself feel the emotions that are underneath the numb. Yeah. And even just let yourself feel numb, even. You know, let yourself sit with that and tell yourself the truth about that first. And then go deeper than deeper and deeper and deeper into that emotion. I have the other problem that the anger hits me and I explode. Yeah, because you it's want like, to explode. It's, it's that it's like that quick, it's there's not even any thoughts, it's just No, there is a thought there is a there is a feeling. It's a feeling of I want to get away from why I want to protect myself. And the anger is the best and fast, fastest possible way for me to protect myself in this situation. So your anger is a choice. You follow me? Sorry? Is it a type of diversion? It's a diversion from the real thing, the real problem. So go into the anger, that's fine. Go into the anger, punch, kick, whatever, get a bag and just get stuck into the anger and keep telling yourself why you're doing this. It's deeper, it's deeper than this, it's deeper than this. Right? But do it, get involved. With, with actually expressing the emotion fully. Yeah. So what else is on the list? Pray. Be honest with God. God, stuff you. I don't want to ever connect with you. I'm sick of hearing about you. Right? Say the truth if that's how you feel. Right? If that's how you're feeling about God, say it to God. Be honest with God. Be honest with God about your intention as well. If my intention is to deal with my emotions, set your intention and pray about that. I'm setting my intention. I want to make a contract with you, my father, that every time I haven't set my intention, you show me. You know, set your intention with God. Pray about things with God. Let yourself identify within yourself what's going on and speak the truth at least to God about it. What else? Yeah. Your spirit guides are there to assist you to deal with your emotions. 
They're there to assist you to grow spiritually. So talk to them about that. Get Enlist their assistance, even if you can't hear them. Say, I know you're there, I know you're going to help me, and what I'm going to try to do is take notice when you're telling me things. Yay! Our job's got, just got a bit easier. <laughs> Isn't that great? Boy, it'll be a breeze looking after her now. You've got, yeah, you've got no idea how many spirits find it so hard at times. Like, particularly if they're not yet at one with God and they're your guide, right? Because they go, oh, oh yeah, she's got it, she got it, she's there. Oh! <laughs> she's just lost it again, you know. And it's like, and when you get at one with God, you, you, you're not quite that, you know, emotionally involved with it. But when I say emotionally, but you're very emotionally involved with it, but you're not disappoint, as disappointed. But, but you still have these feelings, oh, another opportunity lost, you know. Another opportunity lost. <laughs> If you can work with your guides, <laughs> the spirit, and spirit friends are having a lot of fun at the moment. And if you can work with your guides, and then it makes their job a lot easier, both to protect you and to guide you. Yeah. So let let yourself understand that. You know, stop being in denial about that connection. Let yourself understand it. <laughs> All right. What's next? Open um, your Okay. So the opposite to heart, heart, hard heartedness is to be open-hearted. Right? So that means that I'm going to make a choice to be open to every emotion that comes to me in my life. And open and not judge it and just feel it. Making a choice to do that. That's an awesome choice if you can make that choice to do that. Things change very rapidly when you choose to do that. What's next? Observe your behaviour. Sorry? Observe. observe behavior. Yeah, observe your behaviour. So even when you are totally shut down, totally numb, can't feel anything, you can at least observe your behaviour, can't you? Mm -hmm. So start observing it. Mm -hmm. What do you do when you first get up in the morning? Like, do you go for the cup of coffee? Oh, I must be denying something. Right? I'm allowed to deny it. <laughs> Observe your behaviour, but, but make you know these comments to yourself about what's going on. Observe what's happening with you. As you observe, you open up a part of your soul. As soon as you observe, you're now in a better state of truth. right? And you're opening up a part of your soul that, that then allows some emotion to dribble out. And initially it dribbles, and then it dribbles a bit more, and then it just starts to trickle, and then it starts to just flow a little bit more, and then it starts to run, and then it starts to squirt and gush, and then it starts, you know, and, then, and that's what happens emotionally to your soul, because you're opening and opening and opening and opening. But something's got to start it, right? Yeah. What's next? Be honest about your fears. Be honest. Back to the truthful one. Truth about fear. Fear is your false expectations appearing real, right? Yeah. So fear is what's blocking everything inside of you. If you're not truthful about it, then you can't access what's underneath it. Right? So oftentimes I ask an audience, how many of you are afraid of dying? And nobody puts their hand up. And then, then I ask the audience, how many of you cry when, when somebody dies? Most of them put their hand up. 
Why are you crying? You must be afraid of dying. Do you know what I mean? See, in the first state, we're not truthful. We weren't truthful with us. There's an emotion in us of grief. There's this fear associated with it. There's false beliefs appearing real to us associated with that particular belief that we need to release. And we're often not truthful about them. And if we're not truthful about them, we will never release them. Yeah. What's next? Take. Okay, instead of avoiding your law of attraction, start noticing it, right? Wow, oh, <coughs> excuse me. Wow, that was amazing. You should have seen the other day, right? The other day, just in my left side of my body, I injured my feet, I injured my hand, and my eye started flickering, my left eye, and there's a little tiny growth that began on my left eye as well, a cataract growth. Just began, just out of nowhere. Gee, it's amazing, isn't it? That's my law of attraction. All happened in one day. What do you reckon it might be about? Feminine. Is it left side, feminine. Do my with how I'm seeing things, anger. It was about my, a lot of my soulmate stuff. So I need to get into that, right? But wow, law of attraction is awesome. <laughs> how many of you have awesome law of attractions? We all have awesome yeah. law of attractions. Everything's happening in our lives just to actually expose the emotions within it, right? Mm. Go for it. Understand that. And you know, the more you do that, the less the law of attraction needs to be harmful. Mm. Because it's the more you deny that the stronger law of attraction events occur. Mm. Right? You know what's fantastic? When the law of attraction changes. That is a and beautiful time, a isn't it? Like you deal with the emotion and bang, you can feel the law of attraction change and within a few minutes everything starts changing on that issue around you. You think, wow, I've just dealt with something. Wow, you know, it's like awesome. So the key is to bear in mind that your law of attraction is telling you when you've just dealt with something as well. And that's really great. When your law of attraction changes, you know, wow, I've just gone for a causal. That's a common statement nowadays. Let's go causal. Wanna go causal? What's next? Face the divine truth. Face the divine truth. You see, what we often do is we avoid the divine truth. In other words, we avoid what God's truth is on the matter. See that? So, you know, what is God's truth? Would God want you killing animals? What do you feel? You know, what, what would God's truth be? He created them. Do you, th do you think he creates something just for you to destroy it? Now, it's okay if it's going to be re replicating, if it's reproducing, that's fine. But if it's not going to be reproducing because you just killed it, is that so fine? From, from God's perspective, do you think? Would God want you to waste God's creative energy like that? You know, ask yourself these kind of questions. And at the start, you won't know what God wants, but you can work a lot of things out based on what you would want for your children, for example. Just by asking you, would I do this with my child? Well, why would I believe God would do it with me? Those kind of questions. Face the divine truth. Face what God's truth would be. Right? This is all progressive state too. You can't just do all of this all at once, can you? It's just a matter of working your way through these things. What's next? Follow your passion. Yeah.
start being dedicated to feeling your passions and making choices to live in them. You know, your life will change so much and almost all of your emotions will be confronted when you do that. But how many of you got a job you want? Right? How many of you haven't got a job you want? Right? Now, if you gave up that job tomorrow, do you think you're going to be confronted with some emotions? Yeah. Right? So, if you did follow your passion, what would, what would be your, your ideal job? Let's say, a lot of people say, but I don't even know what my passions are. And that's okay. Don't stay in your current job if that's the case and work on the emotion of finding your passion. Why don't you want to know what your passions are? Because I'm afraid to follow them generally. That's why we don't want to even know what they are, right? I'm not facing my fears about that. So let myself face the fears. We mentioned that already. What's next? Follow the desires that are harmonious with love. Okay. Follow desires harmonious with love. In other words, do them. So, is having sex harmonious with love? Well, it depends, doesn't it? Like, if I'm basing it on an injury inside of myself and I'm needing some emotional satisfaction or neediness from the other person, is it now based on love? So don't do it. And ask yourself what's going on, what's the addiction? But what about if you're wanting sex and it is based on love? Well, then go for it. Even kinky sex? <laughs> oh, even kinky sex. <laughs> What's kinky sex? <laughs> no, I don't need education on that. <laughs> on the issue of sex, just as a side point, um, which I will be having a whole discussion one afternoon on sex at some point, but there are two really good books, uh, one for males and one for females, to read about sex that might confront you. Um, anyway. Do you want to know what they are? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How's that for enthusiasm? <laughs> well, nobody was saying anything. I just thought, oh, nobody wants to know. Bated breath. <laughs> All right. And the female, the female one is uh, called female ejaculation and the G spot. Um, by Deborah. By the way, I don't necessarily agree with all the morals in these books, alright? By Deborah, I think it's Sundale or something like that. Deborah, I think it's Deborah Hennens. Um, awesome book, um, I feel. Um, a really good book showing how f female sexual response and male sexual response for that matter are very much connected with your emotional state. Right? and what's going on inside of you emotionally. And there's ways for you, as women, to get a lot more out of your body from a sexual point of view than you're currently getting by actually triggering a lot of these emotions. Right? And you'll enjoy the experience a lot more. So, For the male, um, I think it's called... Patrick? Uh, uh, no, no, no. Um, <coughs> Something about male orgasm, actually. Well, I have to. I can't remember its title. Is it by Mantachia? No. Uh, Cultivating male sexual. No, it, it is by a some mates of his actually. Oh. Yeah. And I'm just trying to remember the name, but I can't. Michael Wynn? No, I can't no. remember the name. It's about it's about uh, how a male. 
can actually achieve orgasm without ejaculation. Uh, and also it's about how a male can cycle, like how yeah. you can cycle your, en your sexual energy through each other, the through moment. the emotional connection. Now, my feelings are all of this stuff uh, is when you'll be at one with God, you'll be automatically doing these things, right? But it's interesting to read these books just to open your mind and heart about what's possible even with regard to sexuality. Is it the multi-orgasmic? That's it. Male. The multi-orgasmic male, male is what it's called. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of the guy. So, yeah. Sorry? Uh, yeah, no, it's a, I can't remember the name of the guy. Sorry. If you go to Mantak Chia's website, the book will be there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mantak Chia. Just search for the multi-orgasmic yeah. male as a book on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where are we up to with our uh, things Last that we need one. to do? Sorry? Last one. All Thanks. of you love sex, eh, man? It's, it's good. It's good. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Take actions that focus on opening up yourself emotionally. Alright, so take action. Take action. Action! So what do we do? Often what we do is we talk about this so much and we don't do anything. Why? Because we're afraid. See, when you take action, automatically your emotions will be triggered. Right? But one day, if you go home tonight and tell your partner all the secrets you've been holding from them for the last 30 years, don't you think a few emotions will be triggered? <laughs> So go for it. It's going to open you up really well. Right? But if you don't act, of course you're not going to be creating events that will trigger you emotionally. You see, a lot of times we sit in our nice little comfortable cocoon life, which is really, in the end, a little prison of our own construction. Right? With all these bars around, and we say, oh, I'm pretty comfortable, but we're also so afraid we can't walk out of the prison. Right? When you start taking action, what will happen is, all of a sudden in your life, all different things will be confronted emotionally. And that's really, really powerful, isn't it, when you do that? Take action. Don't be afraid to take action. Yeah. Right. Well, hopefully that's uh, helped you maybe start to look at your own forms of denial and what's going on inside of your soul. And, uh, and hopefully... As you work through those things, you'll start creating a soul space, which is one of the discussions I have separately to this, about how to actually work through and create positive things going on in your life, right? To actually create a soul space where you can experience all of these emotions. So at the moment, the way the world's constructed is that we are very, very against emotional expression. Right? And what we need is we need leaders who are going to actually be for emotional expression who are going to be really positive about emotional expression. So what we need to do at some point in ourselves, if, if we want the world to change, we need to start changing. <coughs> we need to change. And if we do actions with all of these things in connecting with God, our soul condition is going to expand. And it's going to change the world, just our changes that we make inside of ourselves. One person can change the world, just one. So if one person can change the world, what do you think a hundred can do? Or a thousand? 
but we need to have that positive thing of doing it, taking action and getting going and doing it, instead of just talking about it. And many of you are feeling these wonderful feelings when you come of feeling positive and feeling like connections with your soul and a lot of your questions getting answered, right? All of that's happening. But ask yourself now, am I putting this into practice in my own life? Because when you do that, that's when all of the emotional errors will be confronted and it's also when you're putting love into action and you change the world by putting love into action. Yeah. Yesterday, AJ, when you talked about wanting to take your soulmate off into the country and make mad passionate love to her, well, that's a that's not what I said. You're no. right. That's, <laughs> that's that what I thought. That is probably what I had in mind. I, I felt so much for you, so much yet again. And so thank you again for giving us the opportunity. It's my pleasure. And thank you for addressing Graham's sex issue. <laughs> no, really. No. No, it's, it's fine to be open about all these things, right? It really is. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed yourself today. Yes, and, uh, and bearing in mind my own condition today, I think I'm a bit surprised with myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling a bit more... I've, I've dealt with some emotions recently of feeling a lot more relaxed, uh, talking with groups and so forth. And so I'm feeling a lot better within myself with that too. So hopefully it means...